It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Anim Donko and Willie Drew were the only HBCU players invited to this year's NFL Combine and were they able to take advantage of their opportunity. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and current contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Thank you for going on this journey with me. Make a Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off, and it will cut off, does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things and and look where your next adventure is coming from? Then go to the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, or Armada as your next choice when you want to take an adventure. Go big and find find the car for your big adventure. Check them out today at NissanUSA.com. We wrap up today's episode with a look at Norfolk State's loss to Delaware State and the ramifications of that for the Spartans. Prior to that, Lincoln University has finally gotten their first ever CIAA Men's Basketball Championship. Let's look at the biggest story of their championship run, but we kick it off with the combine. And I know running is what everybody's looking, right? I remember back in the day, running at the combine. Like that, that's what it was. That's what everybody is looking at when it comes to the NFL scouting combine every end of February, beginning of March. We had two HBCU players who were invited, Anim Donkwa, offensive tackle out of Howard University. And then you also had Willie Drew. The only also, in addition to being one of two HBCU players who were at the game or at the combine, excuse me, you also had Drew as the only Division II player who was there of all the D2 schools, not just HBCUs of all D2 schools. Willie drew was the only person that was invited from a division two university. Okay. So those are our two players drew out of Virginia state. And then you had Donqua out of Howard. I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with Donqua because he's the big guy. Um, Not only because he's the name that, you know, has been talked about for over a year, but then also because the man is six freaking eight. Like I, I don't really like standing next to tall people. And looking up, I've, I've practiced how to stand next to people who are a little bit taller than I am and know how to how to not have to rear my neck up to look at them. But not was 6'8". My little positioning I tried to do so that when we were having a conversation, I didn't just look up. It failed. This is a mammoth of a man. And I was standing less than two feet. And I was I was closer to Donkwa than I was my own camera at this moment. Right. So I, I seen him up close and personal. And at that moment. 
he was 362 pounds. It's according to Gerald, right? My guy, Coach G. And you know, 362 is exactly what he was marked on the Howard website. Before the weigh-ins, G felt as if Donka was going to weigh in around 350 and then be under 350 for his his at his pro day. And that is something that I think needs to be watched because at 6'8", you're going to be heavier than most people. However, when you look at the size of offensive linemen, specifically offensive tackles, it's very rare that you see somebody of that size. Okay, now he weighed in at 353 pounds. That's much better. That's nine pounds lower. And when they get him into a system, he will likely go down and stay down. You have some people who put on weight or lose weight for these events so that they can sell themselves. Right. Because this is all essentially about making yourself seem the most marketable. Want them to come up and draft you. At 353 pounds, the numbers are still rare. There's only six players at the offensive tackle position who weigh 350 or more pounds. Let's compare him to one of his peers who's coming out in this draft. You have the offensive tackle from Georgia, Mims. He stands at 6'7 and 6'8. So let's just say 6'8, right? Let's just say that is his height without having to do everything else. He's 340 pounds. They're going to be bigger. The average weight of an offensive tackle is 317 pounds. But when you're 6'7 and basically 6'8, let's just call both of these guys 6'8, like I said. When you're six foot eight inches tall, you're going to weigh more. He's not a wiry guy. If he was, he might be playing ball. He might be a power forward or something. But these are bigger gentlemen. These are 300-pound individuals. These are, these are, are, are quality-built big men, right? But when you hear how Donk was spoken about, basically everywhere you go, developmental is the word that's heard. He's probably going to have to take a year. And within that year, they'll probably get his body right, refine some of his technique. All of those things are going to play a part. But he's going to probably lose some weight. He may come down to 345. He, he might be there, right? That might be what he ends up playing at and staying at. That's why I say when I think they're going to have him lose some weight and stay there, not just I'm losing losing the weight so that I look good in my pro day or I look good at the combine, and that's what people think I am. Legitimately being a 345-pound guy is what I think is going to be in his future. I thought that even for his size at 353, whether it was 353, 362, all that, even for his size, Donko moved very well in the short pool. I thought that it was effortless personally, in my novice opinion, right? Like I'm not the the O-line expert, but I do watch and speak on what I see. I thought that Donko was most comfortable in the short pool. That was the best drill that I saw from him. He didn't run the 40, but he did the drills. I thought he looked good moving his uh, pass rush or his pass drop, excuse me, sets, I thought were good. And I thought it was impressive because he looked good dropping from the right tackle position and then also from the left tackle position because they did one on each side. And I thought he looked good at both. And this is something that he hadn't done in eight, nine years. It's been a long time since he played right tackle. So now let's get to Willie Drew. And this was a player who I believe needed this because from his performance at the Senior Bowl, it was essentially dependent on who you ask. And that's not a that's not a great thing for somebody in his position. Coming from the D2 ranks, you want to be everybody is in on, on the same accord that he looked good at this game. Not the case, is what it is. But for me, he needed to look good at the combine. You can't be so-so at the senior bowl than be so-so at the combine. 
and he didn't look so-so. He had a really good 40-yard dash. He ended up running an official 4-4-6, and then it was a 1.49 split. That's the thing that I like. And I understand that everybody, the 40-yard dash is overrated, but you typically hear that with linemen, offensive and defensive. And I'm not going to say it's overrated for cornerbacks because you are going to have to run 40 yards at a time. You are going to have to show your overall long speed on frequent occasions if you're a starting cornerback in the league. However, his 10-yard split was the third best of anybody in that cornerback group. So that shows you how explosive he is. And that'll be valuable because he's over here talking about, hey, I can play corner, I can play nickel, I can play safety. And if he's playing safety, that explosion I'm looking for when you come downhill, especially, right? Like these are, and I understand that he'll probably be more of a free safety than a, a strong safety who's going to come down and attack the run often. But still, I want to see that explosion. And that's noticeable. That's noticeable. And yes, the 446 is still a great time. It still shows he has long speed. So that's just a double benefit. That was the only testing he did. He didn't do no shuttles. He didn't do the broad, the vert. He didn't do all of those things, but he did run the 40. And I do believe his overall long speed paired with his explosion that was clear from his 10 yard split. It allowed him to have a very successful combine and walk away with what he wanted to walk away with. He needed to win a combine or a senior bowl, and he was able to win a combine. So as you push forward, let's look at championships. We talk about winning. Right. The winning in the words of Charlie Sheen. Let's talk about Lincoln University, because for the first time ever, their men's basketball team can say we are the CIAA champions. So let's explore the route to that championship as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Nissan. And tell me this. Are you personally. The kind of driver that's going to say, I want to have adventure. I want to I want to push things a little bit farther. Just thinking, all right, today's Wednesday. Not really, but today's Wednesday. This weekend, I got to go on this adventure. If you're that kind of driver, that's your cup of tea. The Nissan has a couple of SUVs for you. Let's kick it off with the Rogue. So I, lo I love the, the name, but you have one that's perfect for city drives. If you're just cruising now, 10. But then you also have one that's good for if you're going off road. You also have the Google Assistant. No need to add it. It's already there on a 12 inch display on your on your uh, screen. It's beautiful. Touchscreen. Don't have to update it. Everything is done for you and it helps you drive smarter. Be prepared for your adventure and then also drive smarter when you're on the road. You can use the Pathfinder the Rogue, or the Armada, all you have to do is go to NissanUSA.com and choose from their selection of SUVs. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. 
For your second listen, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports Today. The whole thing, type it into your search bar, Locked On Sports Today, and go ahead and subscribe. It's the first of its kind, 24-7 live sports network on YouTube. So go to Locked On Sports Today and subscribe. Now, Lincoln is your CIAA champions for the first time ever. And I'm talking about Lincoln, a founding member of the CIAA since 1912. In the first time in 112 years, the Lincoln Lions can say our men's basketball team are conference champions. This is a beautiful moment because we literally got to watch history. The players crying on the bench. And it's not just because they feel the, the weight of 112 years. Let's not let's not go there, right? It's, it's not just that. It's more so the recent journey that they've been on. And we'll get to that because I think that the, the last two years in Lincoln basketball, I know that they won the championship this year, but you can't speak about the 2024 championship without speaking about the 2023 season. You can't do it. And we didn't, we didn't approach it, so let's go ahead and just dive in. In 2023, you had Jason A. Armstrong in his interim season. They weren't sure. They weren't sure, do we want to make this our full-time coach? By the time the, the next June rolled around, by the time we're looking in June 2023, it felt like a stupid question because for a first-year head coach, Coach Armstrong led Lincoln to a place they had never been, the Final Four of the CIAA tournament. But that wasn't enough for him because he led them to a place they had never been. And that is the CIAA tournament finals. And they didn't win that game. That was a tough one. And I know I can only imagine the pain that the fans felt, especially some of the older ones who said, we thought this was our year and it slipped through our fingers. And after years of never even being that close, you probably felt like it wasn't going to happen again. But then Jason Armstrong said, make me the full time coach. They did it. And he said, I'm going to take you somewhere you'd never been. And that's to a parade. I'm going to take you to being a CIAA champion. And that's what he delivered on March 2nd. This is a this is a, a, a situation, or March 3rd, excuse me. This is a situation of a coach who in his first two seasons has taken a program somewhere they have never been, not somewhere they haven't been recently. He didn't re-bring re or bring back prestige to this university. He didn't bring back championships. Jason Armstrong brought a championship to this team for the first time ever, and he was closer than they had ever been in year two. These are the most successful years in Lincoln men's basketball history, and they just so happen to be the first two years of Jason A. Armstrong's tenure. You don't get better than that. You don't get better than that. It's almost, I've never been one for the interim title when the, when you get in the offseason. But Coach Armstrong really made that look laughable. And I, I felt like you can't speak about 24 without speaking about 23 because they were the runner-ups. Excuse me. They were the team that were close but no cigar. And that can affect you. Being the team that's right there can affect you. And it's not easy to get right back. We see this whole Stefan Diggs, I'm going to watch them rain the confetti down. I think it's some of the, not for him, but the people who have done it after him, it's become corny, right? I don't know if they watched that confetti. But I'm sure that they had the taste of, it's supposed to be ours. 
I wanted the food. You ever went to the food court and got a sample? You went to the food court and got a sample and said, you know what, this is good. I'm going to go ahead and buy the whole thing. That was Lincoln University from 2023 to 2024. In 2023, the Lincoln Lions with Jason A. Armstrong as an interim coach in his first year said, hmm, this success tastes good. But I ain't had enough. Let me go ahead and get the combo and they're going to come with the trophy. Let's just do that. Let's go ahead and get the combo and it's going to come with the trophy. And now you're looking at Lincoln Lions as the CIAA champions for the first time in school history. Now let's look at the game itself, right? Because I, I originally wanted to get into the game itself, but you know, some, sometimes it's just how the wind blow you. It's just how the wind blow you. And I'm looking at this, this game. It was a defensive matchup. Ended up with a final score of 54 to 51. And that should be expected when you look at who Lincoln was facing. Lincoln was facing Fayetteville State, who is the worst offense in the CIAA and the best defense in the CIAA. Meanwhile, Lincoln was middle of the pack in both of those scoring departments. If you're middle of the pack and you're going against a team that is at the bottom of one and at the top of the other, it's I'm going to say eight times out of ten, the game is going to conform to the team with the extremely high high and the extremely low low. So that's how you get a defensive matchup, a really good defensive team that can't score the ball. Lincoln isn't a great defensive team, but they're not the worst in the in the conference. So it's not as if Fayetteville is just going to get loose on them. This was predictable. It wasn't as if and, and Lincoln isn't the best offense. So it wasn't like, all right, they're going to break the best defense. So we get a 54 to 51 matchup. And defense is what I wanted to highlight. There was a six to zero run in the last two minutes, basically the last minute ish of the half or of the game. Excuse me. It started off with a two-pointer by Lincoln. Then it was followed up by a big three by Lincoln. And that was when you felt the momentum really going crazy. But I thought Fayetteville, in watching this live, when they knocked down the three, I thought Fayetteville was about to return, not the favor, but at least return some points on the board to calm some things down. Because they had what wasn't a breakaway layup, but it was a fast break and they were running down the court. Now, I... They got to the hole, and I said, all right, they about to score. And then you had Sorber, and he blocked the shot. Then they shot again. Sorber got another block, and then Sorber got that rebound, and then they fouled him, and he made a free throw. So that at that point, it was a six-point lead with 50 seconds left. I've seen people come back from, from six points lead with, with 50 seconds. Like, I've seen that before. You've seen that before, but I knew we weren't going to see it again. From that three-point shot to the double blocks, I knew this was Lincoln's time. I knew it. I felt it. And I was right. And we were able to watch history. Because for the first time in over a century, not the first time since, the first time ever, and they've been in this conference since the jump, 1912 to 2024, the Lincoln Lions are your CIAA men's basketball champions. Now, as we push forward, we ain't quite at the championship tenure when it comes to the MEAC. However, Norfolk State did do something they haven't done in a long time. Not 112 years, but a long time. They lost to Delaware State. Let's break that down as we continue with Locked On HBCU. 
as we as we excuse me, today's episode of Locked On HBCU is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the NFL draft is around the corner. We just had the NFL scouting combine, so I think a lot of people believe that Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick. However, I have heard some other things. Maybe it's Jaden Daniels. I've heard Jane Daniels a couple of times from, I think, about three, four analysts who think that maybe Daniels could be the guy who goes to Chicago. If you believe that's going to be the person who gets picked, you're going to make some money on that. Trust and believe you are going to make some money on that. The NBA is here. It's rolling into playoffs very soon. Let's get some regular season money. Let's get some playoff play money. Okay, that's what we need to do. The NHL is here. MLB is around the corner. Everything is here. This is a beautiful time. My sister told me today, it really doesn't stop. And baby girl, it really doesn't. So go ahead and go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're new to FanDuel, you get $150 back in bonus bets when you put down a $5 winning bet. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Thank you. Thank you. I want to look at Norfolk State's loss to Delaware State because for the first time in 16 matchups, for the first time in 16 matchups, the Spartans have lost to Delaware State. It's been a long time, been a long time, 16 games in a row, 16 wins, 16 carriages. All right. Um, (laughs) But Norfolk State, in all honesty, right, let's let's get our Beyonce out of the way. Let's get our Beyonce out of the way. But in losing this game, it's more than just losing a long-term streak of domination. Yeah, it, it felt good to say that. You won 16 in a row over this school and, and just really rub it in their face. But at the same time, if you look at where it is currently today, it does more than just hurt your, your win streak. You also got to look at the MEAC title, regular season title. You got to look at that number one seed. You had a lot of cushion. You don't have that anymore. You still control your own destiny. Like, let's be very clear. I thought that Norfolk was on the way to being able to clinch in that game against Howard doesn't mean anything. I no longer think that's the case. I believe that Norfolk is going to have to play and win this game against Howard on, what is it, March 10th? March 10th? March 9th? I feel like it's March 9th, but March 9th. Oh, yeah, of course it's March 9th. It's the freaking Saturday. It's this Saturday. I don't know why I wanted to make that game on Monday. Maybe it's because the SWAC still plays games on Monday, but the MEAC should be done, and that game will happen on the night. So I I still believe that you're going to have to win that game. That wasn't how I felt a week ago, three days ago even. I thought that they were going to win this game. 
And you have cushion, and that's why you built a cushion so that when you do lose a game that you probably didn't think you were going to lose, you still have a lead. You're nine and three. North Carolina Central is eight and four. Howard is eight and four. South Carolina State is eight and four. And you have the potential to tie with two of them because I think Central and South Carolina State play each other to close out the season. This is this is this is this is a situation where it feels like Norfolk is probably playing well enough to where they won't lose the next two games. But who knows? Because I turned my attention to Howard too soon. I thought Delaware or excuse me, I turned my attention to Maryland Eastern Shore too soon because I thought, OK, Norfolk's going to beat Delaware State and then they're going to attempt to get their revenge against Maryland Eastern Shore. So in a way, I skipped over this weekend's matchup against the Hornets, not even thinking about it, it's just out of my head, just whatever. I'm looking at Maryland Eastern Shore. Now, when they lost, when Norfolk State lost to Delaware State, my mind said, let's skip over Maryland Eastern Shore and look at Howard because that's who Norfolk is ending the season against. But I can't, I can't do that again. I can't once again ch- turn my attention over a game. So I got to make sure that we look at Maryland Eastern Shore. Heck, Howard still got to play Delaware State. Howard still has to play Delaware State. So do I think that both of those teams win their matchups on Saturday? Or excuse me, tonight? Do I think that Maryland Eastern Shore beats Norfolk? No, I don't. Do I think that Delaware State defeats Howard? No, I don't. I believe that both Howard and Norfolk State are going to go into that final game of the season, seeing if they can end up in a tie. Now, if, if Central has their way, then Central's probably rooting for Howard to win, win out. Yeah, Howard probably rooting for Howard to win out because I think that they would win the tiebreaker over Howard. They're probably looking for North Carolina or North Norfolk State to lose out. Like this is just where we live in. And of course, Central is rooting for themselves to win out. This is just where we're sitting right now. And this is what I'm looking at. And I know I've spent this time looking at Howard and and Norfolk State, and if they both win their games tonight, then we'll preview their matchup and why it's so important as the week goes on. We'll do that as the week goes on. But I can't skip over these games again. And when I'm looking at Delaware State, they finally got to win over a big-time opponent. Morgan State doesn't look that great right now. I know that they settled in in the middle of the season, but now they're right back to where they were at the beginning, and that's not looking great. That's why I didn't count. Morgan State as a quality win the first time we started discussing about their their uh, resume, excuse me, Delaware State's resume. That's why I didn't count Morgan State. But you can't take away Norfolk State. You can't take away Norfolk that Norfolk victory from Delaware State. You can't do it. You cannot do it. So because of that, I'm looking at the end of their schedule. They got Howard tonight. If they can beat Howard and they can beat Coppin State, you're looking at a three-game streak going into the final game or excuse me going into the the MEAC tournament completely different completely different vibe if you're able to go on a three-game winning streak with two of those victories being over Norfolk State and then also Howard this is a completely different conversation that we have because now Delaware State has defeated two teams who are really good going into the most pivotal time of the season so I'll be on all I'll have all eyes on that. That's what I'll really be watching. Probably the closest thing. We got MIAC action tonight. In addition to Texas Southern versus Alcorn, my apologies. I must have read the schedule wrong. I thought that the Alcorn game was this Saturday, but instead it was Jackson State. Um, TSU beat Jackson State. So 
based in in Alcorn beat PV. So basically everything I said on last Friday is still applicable, but I didn't feel the need to come in and say it again because I said it on Friday when I thought the game was on Saturday. So just know these two teams are fighting for the three seed. Delaware State versus Howard, Norfolk State versus uh, Maryland Eastern Shore, Texas Southern versus Alcorn. Watch for those three games tonight because I think that those are going to give us some of our best and most important results as you near the close of D1 HBCU ball. In the meantime, in between time, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And on tomorrow's episode, we'll we'll look at Jackson State's. No, we'll look at what are we gonna look at tomorrow. Let's see. I got it written down. Oh, we're going to look at the HBCU All-Star Women's Watch List because that's something that they had just added. So we're going to do that in addition to some of the other games. and going to look at North Carolina A&T Women's Basketball as well. So I'm looking very forward to that. In the meantime, in between time, until next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.